Welcome to the Freelance Thrive. Here we talk with skilled freelancers about their professional journey. Stay tuned for real life experiences to learn and actionable steps to take to improve your freelancing career. My name is Yuri. I'm a community builder at Code Control and 9am.works. And my guest is Erin Peters, a marketplace nerd, future of work evangelist, full stock marketer, certified change management professional, and a super connector. Welcome, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Super happy to talk to you. And like the easiest question, what work-life balance means to you personally? Oh gosh, I think work-life balance to me really is about freedom of choice because I really don't think that having a work-life balance of exactly 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. working and then making sure you block off hours, that's not very typical. Like some days you will feel more motivated than others. And we all know that when you're very motivated on a project or excited about the work that you're doing, you actually don't mind working a lot more hours because it's very fulfilling and exciting. So for me, work-life balance means the freedom to choose when to work and how to work and also the wisdom to know how you're feeling about it. So it's okay to throw in the towel early and just not work on a Friday or even a Wednesday if you want. Uh, and it's okay to work on a Saturday or a Sunday if you're feeling excited and motivated. So balance is about listening to yourself. But some, sometimes you might have clients who wants you to work on Friday and who wants to have a conversation with you. So how do you deal with those clients? Absolutely. I think the first thing is setting the right expectations of the agreement or the project itself, and then also setting expectations of deliverables. So setting yourself up for success in the way this way is really important. If you set a precedent that you will always drop things and take care of them, you will always get things last minute and have to drop everything to take care of them. <laughs> It's okay that this happens. And you know, I know many freelancers that even charge a premium for this type of service. If you get something at 5 p.m. on a Friday and it needs to be done by midnight, <laughs> then they do it for an extra charge. With myself personally, I try not to overbook myself as a big part of it. So this way I don't have to do potentially a full day if I'm not feeling up to it. And maybe I only have some meetings that I would need to attend and I can finish the work if I'm once I'm feeling a little bit better or more motivated or inspired, I would say. But the first thing is knowing how much you can take on. And then once you take that work on, setting the right expectations of communications and turnaround time with your customers. Because if you have clear communication, you have a lot more flexibility. <laughs> you know, when you receive like, email notifications, Slack notifications, etc. Like it's always a temptation to jump, to watch, to like make some actions. How do you deal with this temptation? Absolutely. I think, and not to age myself, but I do come from the days of red light anxiety from Blackberry, where you'd see that little red light flashing at the top of your, your screen. And that's when you knew that something was there waiting for you. And it was yeah. kind of stressful. So for me, I actually turn off all of my notifications permanently. So Slack will not tick on my screen. My emails don't pop up in different places. Uh, even my phone doesn't have its ringer on because I am so easily distracted and because I will have anxiety until I can address it. But what this means is I've set healthy kind of check-in patterns of going, okay, these for these 30 minutes, I'm actually going to go through, see what all is out there and then prioritize what I'll address next. 
Uh, so if it's really, really urgent, people know how to get a hold of me. But truthfully, with most of the work that I'm doing, nothing needs to be done right now, right this second. Um, nothing is as urgent as everybody seems to think it is, I think. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. And, you know, from your LinkedIn, I saw that you are working on three projects and maybe even more. So how do you prioritize your tasks and responsibilities? Absolutely. And it's tough. You know, I'm still learning on how not to overcommit myself. And in fact, I was just talking to a friend yesterday going, March is going to be extremely busy. <laughs> I think it's common for most freelancers of going, if I have the opportunity, I should take it because you don't know if you will always have the next opportunity, right? So I think needing to prioritize choosing the right projects that you can actually do is a big part. But if I'm looking at all the projects I already have on my plate, the biggest thing is to do an audit. So go through everything you have for that day, really stay on top of your calendar and due dates and major milestones that you're delivering and make sure you're prioritizing things that are obviously due first, but especially if they're going to unlock a partner or someone else that you're working on a project with, because freelancers don't always operate in a silo. You might be working with other members and bidding on projects together where If you do something now, it allows someone else to do it before the collective deadline that we all have. So go through your emails and things in batches, look at it all holistically, and then schedule out from there. How do you choose what, okay, how do you choose what project? To, is it a little strange? How do you decide what projects to choose? Absolutely. I think it's a combination of factors. And uh, the more realist side of the answer is like, Are you financially able to take on different projects? Because I get asked a lot to come on and do advising for advisory for maybe sweat equity, right? Where you don't really know if it's going to turn into anything later. And I do really want to help a lot of people, but also like equity doesn't always convert and it doesn't pay the bills. So I think first is going, okay, are you, is this going to be sustainable work for you from an income perspective? The second side of it is always motivation. Do I like working with the people? Am I excited about the work itself? And do I feel fulfilled doing it? Like, am I going to go, gosh, this is only for the money? Or am I going to go, you know what, this is, I would love to log in on a Saturday or a Sunday just to do this because I'm so excited about it. And I get to help people or build something cool, etc. So is it healthy for work-life balance to work on Saturdays and Sundays? <laughs> I think I think it can be. It can be healthy and it can be very unhealthy. I think you know, Saturdays and Sundays are like a myth, right? It's a big corporate myth. You can take time off whenever. And yeah. I do think it's important that you take time off in chunks, like a day here and there is you need time all in a row. But I do think that burnout isn't necessarily the number of hours that you're working. Burnout is when inputs don't necessarily equal outputs. So if I'm putting in a lot of hours and putting in a lot of work and out of that, I'm getting, you know, really excited about a project. I'm feeling very fulfilled personally. Maybe my bank account is feeling particularly fulfilled that I'm really motivated to do it. And then you're happy to put in extra hours and work on it because it's exciting and fun and fulfilling. But burnout only happens when that output doesn't match up. When you put in the extra hours, Now you're not earning any extra money on it. You're putting in extra hours and people aren't recognizing your hard work or appreciating the quality of your work. That's when I think it starts to get unhealthy is going, okay, 
what is the actual reward for me putting all of this in reward being anything tangible or intangible mm -hmm. so is it healthy to work on saturdays and sundays it's really up to you and it's really what you're working on and what you get out of it so i would say that it's one of the steps so what other steps do you take to avoid burnout Yes, I think it's so important that you don't put all of your emotional eggs in one basket, <laughs> meaning you cannot only be getting fulfillment from work, period, or from any one thing or project, because it adds this level of intense emotional pressure for everything to work out. And not everything is going to go well all the time. You need to have fulfillment or that feeling of developing mastery in other avenues of your life. So For those who have read like the five love languages, he has this concept of you have different love banks and mm -hmm. everybody needs a little bit of a balance in each of these love banks, whether it's words of affirmation and so on. And I feel the same way about uh, how, you, how you kind of keep a balance within your life is sometimes you're going to need to have more social time with friends. You're going to need quiet time on the couch. You're going to need to feel fulfilled and motivated in other ways. So It's okay for one balance to be low. It's not okay for all the balances to be low. <laughs> so I think it's really important that you pay attention to, hey, have I been grinding on this project for the last four weeks and I've not seen anyone else in my life or I've not made time to go to the gym and take care of myself. It's just so important that you kind of monitor and assess everything. It's not all just about work and you can't put everything into that. Yeah, it sounds so wise but also so hard you know it's totally easier said than done <laughs> exactly and how do you handle unexpected interruptions or distractions while working on projects or or maybe even while having some free time you know absolutely i think free time is definitely the easier one i would say <laughs> because you can set certain boundaries or you can set different expectations like hey, I can unblock you in a couple of hours. Let me just log in. I'm just out at dinner. You know, it's easy to be able to set those boundaries. I think now more than ever, people, they get it. Like people aren't as pushy as they used to be. Um, when it comes to during the workday, I, I actually do struggle with this a lot, which is why I've had to set myself up with no notifications and things like that, because it would be so easy for me to go down a rabbit hole Yeah. and answer a message and get that thing for that person. And then while I'm in that folder, I see a different file that shouldn't be there. And now I've gone down this whole other area and, you know, an article is due for publishing right away. So I think it's important to know what rabbit holes you might go down, <laughs> just kind of put some of the blinders on where you possibly can to do it. So again, a little bit of, of forethought goes a long way. <laughs> and how do you avoid procrastination? Most likely have, you know, I feel like everyone have procrastination, but how do you avoid yeah. it? I think everybody does. I think I, I kind of have to hype myself up some days. Some types of work I procrastinate more than others. I find it hard sometimes to sit down and do really deep thought creative work unless I have a big block of time and unless I have the perfect amount of caffeination. <laughs> <laughs> but there's... You know, I started listening to a different kind of no lyrics focus study music, like lo-fi style of music uh, when I do certain types of tasks. Mm -hmm. And I do drink a fair bit of coffee. I know that personally, I am more, most productive mid-mornings. So I try to schedule those blocks of work 
with that routine in that time where I know I'm more likely to get it started. Once I get it started, then it's usually pretty easy for me to finish it. But procrastinating and getting to that first step of actually writing a word or opening up a file, that's the hardest part for me. So I just, I, I practice a little ritual, get used to it, and it makes it easier to trigger next time. If you have a big task to work on, how do you get it started? Yeah, I think no tasks are all built the same. <laughs> like sometimes if it's a big hairy problem and you don't really know how to tackle it, then just simply talking to other people about it, even casually is a great way. You can get some ideas or hear stories of how other people have handled it, handled it and get inspired to take it on. If it's starting other types of big projects, you know, sometimes for me, I just need to operationalize it. I sit down, I think of, okay, what is the order of things that I will need to do for this? And how do I break it down into smaller pieces where it feels a lot easier to start ticking things off instead of going, oh my God, that is such a big project. And I can't possibly do that all this week. So it helps me to go, okay, as long as I do these two things on Monday and these three things on Tuesday, like it's all going to be roses. <laughs> yeah. You know, Erin, I wish to have the sky as a limit, but time is the limit. So the final question, what is your favorite food? My favorite food. I mean, definitely I'm helplessly addicted to coffee and I love, I have a good sweet tooth. So any type of like baking or pastries. Coffee with sweets. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Winning combo. <laughs> yeah. Erin, thank you so much for sharing your experience. And it's been such a pleasure to learn from you. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, hit the like button or five stars and share it with your friends. That's it. We're done. See you in the next episode.